0: We're throwing a lot of things at you, and we just the, the the main point is we wanted to say that when it comes to black people we as we have sometime dealt with in this industry we're not a monolith there are there are so many there's so many types of us you know, and this film we wanted to be sure that although sometime we are in horror movies where' sometime there's one of us there's the you know there's the token black person here was one where we could be all of them and and so it made it interesting that you hopefully saw you.
1: Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In this episode seven black friends reunite for a Juneteenth weekend getaway only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer in director Tim Story's horror satire The Blackening. Forced to play by the killer's rules in a deadly game, the friends use their street smarts and knowledge of horror movies to help them stay alive to mixed results. In addition to The Blackening, Story's other directorial credits include the feature films Shaft, Ride Along, Fantastic Four, and Think Like a Man, and episodes of the series Standoff and CSI Miami. Following a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Story spoke with director David E. Talbert about filming The Blackening. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation.
2: So, uh, y'all have a good time with the film? So who 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 is your blackest friend? Uh, who, who? Uh, he's sitting on the stage with me. There you All go. Right, right. Thank you very much. Thank you. So 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 if so if the uh, if we were in playing the game, we were in a room together, and uh, and someone had to die, whoever was not the blackest, which one of us would die? Wait, not the blackest. Wait, wait. wait. The movie whoever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that would point to not the blackest. That would be that'd be me.
2: That'd What's be up? you. That's Tim yeah. story. There you go. I was there set
0: up. Go. I was set up.
2: Well, well, congratulations, man. Thank it you. was great. It was a great film. Funny film. Very poignant. Uh, you, you took a genre. You flipped it on his head. You had us laughing. There was a uh, poignancy in it. There was a uh, laugh out loud, funny moments in it. There was uh, imagery in there. Um, I was excited when they, when they asked me that you would, to do this. But then I was af- afraid that, that we were being set up to be canceled. There are two black directors here in town and <laughs> I thought that we were being set up. So they're recording this. Yes. So I yes, just want are. to say since the recording, I like white people just in case they won't. Yeah. I like the way their hair smells when it's wet. And, uh, you know, I like the fact that they're not, they're not tethered to rhythm, uh, when the music is playing and I like that their checks clear. Uh, so I just want to say, say that, uh, just in case someone's recording it, I apologize, you guys. (laughs) Uh, So, 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 Tim, you go from you know we were just in we were it seemed like just yesterday we were in London. I was shooting Jingle Jangle and you were shooting uh, Tom and Jerry, and uh, so disrespectful. You've shot two movies since then, and I haven't shot any. But uh, we'll talk about that later. So you go from micro budgets from big hundred million dollar movies. This is a five million dollar movie. What's the why? Why do why do I mean this? You get I ah, ah, he tuna sliders with the big milk. you were in Roscoe's every day for catering with this one. I mean, it was either chicken one day or waffles or waffles the next day and chicken. But I mean, it's all you were getting. Well,
0: why? That, that's the fun part for me. I started in indie films and um, this film I wasn't supposed to direct. So. I was on it as a producer and the Dwayne and uh, Tracy went off to write the script. And when they they didn't let me read the first draft, but the I think the second or the third draft they let me read. And in in the middle of that, I was looking for something small to do. Um, I just come off of Tom and Jerry and I was finishing up a pilot for ABC and I was just looking for something small to do. Just um, uh, this film is kind of there's a therapeutic uh, thing going on with this because I wanted to do something that there are no rules I could just get behind the camera and like my indie days, just do something that felt very uh, instinctual, you know, just where you didn't have to question anything. You didn't have to think twice. And, um, you know, you know, you know, sometimes you don't get a lot of money to do that. But, um, you know, we had five million and we just went out and shot and it was uh, we shot it in 20 days and got in and out. So I, I like I like the challenge of uh, taking the experience that you have from the big stuff and bringing it into the small world.
2: And in the cast, how did you put the cast together? I mean, I, you know, I mean, there was an eclectic group of folks and it was funny as.
0: Well, the fun part about this movie was finding um, cast. I could start and basically just look for whoever I thought was best for the role. Mm-hmm. And you're not you're not really you, you don't really need, you know, this or that. It was already a greenlit project. And we just looked for the best people. And there was some young becoming um, um, actors that I knew of um and we just started uh doing auditions it was really fun to do auditions and just kind of look for the best person and for each role and each of them just brought like a a personality they brought a a personal um you know aspect to the character the characters were already written quite well on the on the page but then they were able to kind of take them and, and personalize them and um and i just i i can't you know to have this group of actors together they all got along cuz you got to remember the whole movie hinges on whether you believe they're friends for 10 years or plus. And none of them really knew each other. I think Dwayne knew knew um, X, but other than that, I think none of them knew each other and they just kind of become, became these friends and um, just made my job extremely easy.
2: Well, before we get into the, the, the actual filmmaking of it, I want to talk about the, the, the critics in the press that you have, you have here, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, let me see. Said the blackening is an unapologetically black comedy through and through. It maintains its wit and bite to the very end, uh, boastfully serving audiences a hilarious film we didn't know we needed. Certified fresh. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it works. So, so, okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about the critics versus a box office. Sure. Uh, my first four films combined didn't reach the rotten tomato score of my last one. So, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm used to the critics being some kind of way. How do you feel you got these big hundred million dollars, you've grossed over a billion dollars in films, the first black uh, uh, director. Uh, I know you're, you're part, you're part native American too. Oh, oh uh, no, no, okay. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I, I'm I, sorry. I read that in your Wikipedia. No. no okay. No. So, um, first to do over a billion dollars. And how do you feel about the films that the blockbusters that necessarily don't get the love critically? And then the ones that get the love critically don't necessarily do the numbers of the box office. What would you rather have? Oh, wow. Good a- question. Yeah.
0: Good question. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'd rather have the box office. No, it, it, it's so funny with the the critic thing. This has been kind of weird for me because the critics have um, really been on the side of the movie, and it's weird because I don't always believe I'm doing so much different. Um, this one is extremely, I guess, unapologetic is is um, is the word when it comes to the critics. The the thing, you know, you and I, we deal with comedy and you know, the great thing about doing comedy and you could probably put horror in the same aspect is the audience is your true judge, you know, and so many of those movies that I've made that have grossed a lot and critics, you know, hated it, whatever the case may be. I've been in the rooms with 350 people testing it and going on opening night and seeing it. And, you know, the, the proof's in the pudding when they're, when they're laughing and having a good time, that's the reward. And so when it, when it comes to the critics, um, I've never worried about them. It's always great when they do acknowledge, but I don't need it, you know. And and I it's all about the audience. Even with this one, that's why it's so strange because um the audience participation, the audience um interaction that I've had with this film, it feels like I've had it before with other films. So when you when you find that for some reason with this one the 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 critics found something to applaud about it. It's I must admit I'm kind of um I'm perplexed as as you might were you say. Well you like, no, <laughs> no don't, don't, like don't, so don't, don't, don't like it so much. Don't uh, like it so much. Um but but it is great to um sometimes see that oh wow you 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 got it. You know, because mm-hmm. this one is is like I said before, this was one of those ones where there were no rules. Um I think you guys can tell there were no rules. And um we just went for it. Anytime there was something funny um, we went for it. And it's very specific about culture. And um, we leaned the more we leaned into that, the more accessible we find it for um for everybody.
2: When when you talk about the audience, you, do you ever consider uh, for black audiences putting subtitles in your movies? Because, you know, black people are talking to the screen while the characters are talking. Have you ever thought about that?
0: I actually have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm it's um it's uh, that's what's great about uh, this this type of film is because as you can tell even with the thought the them being able to think you know to each other and this and that this was one of those ones that um any idea you come up with if you think it's funny we just do it um where you your where's Lynn your wife just said something just outside about I should have started the movie over under the credits so the people that came late could see the could see the film. Yeah. And that's the kind of humor this movie is. I, I wish she had seen it earlier so she could she because I, I would have done it. And that's you know, and that's kind of this in the spirit of this movie it was was much about whatever you felt was funny. We did.
2: And, mm-hmm. and well, you're you you you've cut your teeth in all kinds of genres. You you your bread and butter has been movies that star people that look like you. And how is your finger on the pulse of those? I mean, the barbershop franchise that you launched, three movies, Think Like a Man, uh, The Ride Alongs. I mean, you you get sequels. I mean, is that in your contract? Always get sequels, <laughs> but how do you keep your finger on the pulse? And why does it matter for you to love on people that look like you?
0: Well, it's well, one. It's um, I kind of need to know, and, and and I must admit, as I get older, it gets harder. Um, even with this film, it was listening to—I call them my kids—the um, actors a lot more. You know, in the situation um, that we were in, anytime that they said something, I'd have to kind of stick and stay around them and hearing their conversations. So I, I think you know the one thing that I do 100% depend on first is putting you know um, your characters in a. In a plot driven situation. The one thing that's great about this is at the end of the day, somebody is chasing them. You know, somebody's trying to kill them. So it, it, it's easy for me to kind of lean on what's it really like if this was going to happen? What would black people be like in this situation? And, and it's, you know, any other film, most of my other films too, you can kind of see that there's always, there is a plot thing that I, that I lean on. And then after that, I depend on the actors to bring their thing. And then it does take me, you know, listening to music, you know, it it takes me, you know, when, when it, it's so funny. Cause when my wife will sometime be like, yo, you're on IG, you're scrolling through that so much. It's like, you got to keep up with what's the, you know, what's everybody talking about? I have to jump into clubhouse every now and then just to hear, okay, are we still talking the same way? What's the new? So it's, it's almost like a constant research that I enjoy actually. And It allows me to, um, when you do movies, because so much of this is you're in the zone, you're, you're shooting. I mean, this movie was shot two years ago. So it, it has to hold up in some way. Um, and that's, and sometimes, you know, so it's just, I, I just, I, you know, it's a research that you just have to constantly, sometimes it's exhausting, but you have to constantly just keep up. But what I also love is that when I, I, as you can see, I always lean back and I always come back to doing movies with, um, you know, uh, people of color just because the culture to me is just, um, I just love the culture. I love our culture so much that, um, as you can see, even with this movie, Barbershop was the same way, you know, it's, it's always a love letter to our culture. And that's why I think people have such a good time with it because even though we're doing things like turning the guns right side up and doing a, um, that, you know, if you know the culture, you, I don't have to explain that to you You immediately know what that means or you know you know all eyes matter or just all of these things you know it's just the culture and i just you know i just love us so much so i just keep coming back you know to letting us shine hopefully
2: I, i i i forgot to say that uh I'm here because I wouldn't be in the DGA even be doing what I'm doing. Haven't gotten a shot if it wasn't for Tim. My first film Tim produced about 15, uh, 15 years ago, first Sunday. And he came in and he stamped it and he he taught me. They would have thrown me in director's prison if it wasn't for you. Because I had as a theater director, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And and he walked me through that. So I want to say thank you for that, brother, for for. You know, it's uh, he is my mentor. I know I'm, 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 I'm older and much better looking, but it, were, were it not for Tim, I wouldn't be here. So thank you. So from music videos, brother, from film blockbuster, billion dollar grosses and everything. The marketing of your film said we can't all die first. Right. How have you kept alive in this business, man? Oh, wow. That's a,
0: that que- that question probably has a lot of layers to it. You know, I, I've always found that I just, um, I never, you and I have talked about this a lot. Uh, Dave knows that I don't wait to start the next movie before the other movie comes out. I don't, I've never done it. Um, and really one of my mentors, um, a guy by the name of Stan Lathan. Um, said to me, I used to play golf with Stan. Yes, Stan is, uh, love Stan. Um, he said to me immediately after I had finished shooting Barber Shop, and we had already done a lot of tests. And so I knew at some point with these movies, you've seen it with enough audiences where you know, what, you know how it works. So you, you're not, you know, then it just becomes about, you know, are they marketing it correctly or whatever the case may be. And he told me, um, we were waiting for it to come out and he said, don't wait. And he said, just don't wait get up and just go again. And I've kind of taken that as um, my thing. Number one, I just love making movies. I just, I absolutely kind of obsess over it. And the other thing is, you know, this industry, you know, there's so many ups and downs about it. And there's so many, um, you know, uh, there's so many things that are happening in rooms you're not in on whether you're going to get that project or whatever case may be. And I just find that, When I am given opportunities, as long as I think I can do a good job, I go for it and I don't wait. And I think the other thing is I, you know, there's professionalism. There's also just I'm trying to make the best movie I can. And when it can't, when it come to whether you take it think you know, think like, man, it was me trying to, one of my favorites was when Harry met Sally and there's a, a, you know, a few others in there. I was trying to, and I know it's, it's weird to talk about compete when it comes to art, but I was trying to make something that resonates something that, and so I just find that whenever I've given it everything, whenever I lay, lay it, you know, all out on the, on, on the screen, however you want to say it, um, I find that. You're always auditioning for your next movie. There are always executives looking at you. You know, um, I got Fantastic Four because Avi Arad saw Barbershop, you know, and I was already filming Taxi. So you, you're you always auditioning for your next picture. And um, I just find that why wait? Um, keep moving. Um, find things that when as soon as you feel good about something, you think you can... Um, you feel like you can do a good job, go for it. And um, and I will say too, I look for movies that are going to be made. I don't, you know, I I do the research. Is this studio serious about making this movie? Because sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's just, you know, development hell forever. I look for movies that are that are going to be made. And luckily, I've been
2: in enough uh, situations where they've
0: allowed me to go do it.
2: I want to talk to you a little bit about the 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 film, the imagery. That game and the uh, you know the the character and blackface. I mean, you, you you're saying a lot in this film. I mean, it was very very. The comedy was biting. Uh, the commentary was it was it was equal parts commentary and comedy. You 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 said a lot of things about the diaspora. You said a lot of things about uh, 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 you know visualizing things and. What was, what were some of the, the things, the statements that you wanted to make and maybe just questions you wanted to put out there?
0: I, that's, th- that's the, we just wanted to make a movie that would Get you to kind of talk about stuff. And and in most cases, I, I like it when you talk about it and there's a little bit of humor. There's, mm-hmm. You can not take it so seriously. But we just wanted to on your way home or at the refrigerator at night or whatever the case may be. Hopefully you laugh first, but also to you find that we're we're throwing a lot of things at you. And we just the, the, the main point is we wanted to say that when it comes to black people, we're, as we have sometime dealt with in this industry we 're not a monolith there are there are so many you know there's so many types of us <laughs> you know and this film we wanted to be sure that although sometime we are in horror movies where sometime there 's one of us there 's the you know there 's the token black person here was one where we could be all of them and and so it made it interesting that you hopefully saw. You, you know, whoever you are. You saw yourself or somebody that represents who you are. So that is our biggest the biggest point we wanted to make is that we we're not a monolith. We um we have many different ways on how we might deal with the situation. As you can see, the seven that were constantly dealing with this, they all had their own way of dealing with the situation we were in. So that's the main the the main point. And then the other points were just all the things we were we were discussing, you know, from uh, a, a gangster being, you know, um, you know, kind of um, you know, they think he's, you know, he got a gun or there's profiling from from um, you know, the the um interra- you know, the 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 biracial uh characters you know just we just wanted to have a really really good time even talking about swimming and you know being able to swim and you know we just um we just wanted to kind of show us and trust me we couldn't even get to there's so many more characters that we would have loved to have um brought in this but i think that's the main the main message
2: do do you know when it comes to the black national anthem 99.9 percent of black people would have gotten killed you to because that that's what's fun about these yeah, questions that, you know? that was the funniest shit i, I, I mean i laughed out loud i i thinking that i don't even know the first <laughs> Dude, verse i, I mean you know i, I know sing or song uh, you know i'm like point to the note because you know who knows the words and i'm black clearly you know but that was some funny shit
0: that's look i got to give that to duane how many of
2: y'all how, who are the black people just just by show of hands out here <laughs> How, how many of y'all know the second verse of the black, uh, how many know the first verse I give, I got a hundred I got a hundred dollars in my pocket you stand up here and say, and tell me the first, you know the first verse, I swear I give you hundred dollars uh, stand up, stand up stand up, don't nobody even know the first, with this close to Juneteenth, no black person can, can do. this is a shame I'm embarrassed as a black person, I'm embarrassed as a black person Right now. But Tim, that was funny, man. And spades and how we get down with spades. I mean, it was rich. In our culture and, and on the nose, it may look like, you know, it was shenanigans and silly, but it was rich in our culture. And the things that you brought up just made me made me want to have to watch it again and examine because all the characters had a point of view. And that was one thing you taught me when I was, uh, um, uh, you know, doing First Sunday to make sure that every character had a point of view. Your name is Tim Story. So clearly, you know, story. How do you approach characters and their dramatic movement uh, through your movies?
0: Well, obviously, first, you need um, a blueprint. That's incredible. So we, you know, hopefully you are sitting with a script that is um, already, you know, in a a good place. After that, one of the things that I that I spoke of you early on in your career is is you at some point. You go through the script and uh you do it from every point of view of the character of, of every character. You go through that and literally read the script and act it out, do whatever it is, your whatever your process is, but do it from the POV of that character. And then what's most important is doing it from the POV of the villain. Um when you're doing plot-driven movies that deal with the villain, um, you're only as good as your villain, you know. So it's one of those things where I go through and that. And then of course, when it comes to structure i i continue to to learn there there are certain i have a a few people in my life that i will still go to when i have a script that i know i'm going i'm interested in i'm going to do where i'll break down the script myself and um and then go to them and discuss with them have them read it and then sit with me and we discuss um you know other films that that this is like we discuss um you know going back to to um you know, Joseph Campbell and even, you know, archetypes and all that. You go back and you discuss it. And because all of these films, even though if you if you do your job correctly, we're not supposed to see it. But all of these films, all, all of them, you know, there's certain there's only so many stories, and in each film that you're doing has to deal with that story. Sometimes you have um several stories inside of a film, but you you want to just like pull out of that and you have to know that. As as small as your comedy might be, or as or as like this one, there's still um, there's still structure. There's still um, there still is a is a a plot being being driven. And um some of this also comes from just watching a lot of movies. Um I'm I'm constantly pulling from, you know, there's this it's so funny. As I talk to younger directors coming up, you know the the thing I you know when you go and tell them hey go watch these oh and they go oh, I don't want to watch them well the the problem when I've got that argument is that you just have to you have to build your your encyclopedia because I'm able to when I see a movie I'm able to rattle off ten films that it's like and it's not that I'm gonna go and try to but you can go and watch that movie and sometimes it's sections of that movie or. You know, um, and sometimes there's movies that are quite like it. You know, a, a lot like it. So I just find that from structure, these are things that I've learned. I learned it from film school, but I learned even more of it out of film school, and um, discussing these films and continuing to be a student. Because, you, you, you know, there, you know, and I, I have weaknesses, you know, there's weaknesses that you that you find things that you don't do as strong as other things. And sometimes, you know, so it's it's just important to continue to be a student and just anytime you're making a movie, um how can you make it better? There's always there's always another layer. There's always another um, there's always another story underneath the story and so forth and so on.
2: Well, well, talk a little bit about your process just, just for a moment. Uh, when we, when I was doing First Sunday, I asked you, OK, well, how do I prepare for the film? And you said, well, let me give you the uh, some pages of things that uh, you did for Barbershop in pre-production. And uh, you said you'd have it uh, messenger it over to me. And um, what came was a, a it was a binder that was about this thick from Barbershop. And I wanted to quit. Uh, the film when I got it, because there was no way I was going to do any of that. Sh- and I, I knew I wasn't going to do any of that. Sh- you know, I don't know what it, what you think this is, but I showed up there for the catering and, and to get and to get my N.W.A. record signed by Ice Cube. He was in my first film. So that's what I was there for. Tell us what your process is, man. What are the, to, to, uh, aspiring directors or directors have been doing it for a while. What is, what is the process when you say I'm going into, in, going into pre-production? Cause a lot of filmmakers that I talk to up and coming, they want to tell me about camera lenses and how they flash and how they can rack focus. And I'm like, Oh Lord, <laughs> you're in trouble. Sh- sh- share with the, with the up and comings your, your process.
0: Guys, there's so many layers to it, but I, I'll try to keep it as, you know, as simple as I, as I can make it. Obviously, it starts with the script. Um, one of the things that I will do constantly, and I, I do it pretty much almost every Sunday. I will, um, literally every weekend, I read the script again so that you're going into the week. Um, you have to know the script better than anybody else. At some point, the actors will come in and know the character better than you, but no one should know the story better than you. And so you go over that. Constantly. I will sometimes, as I did with Barbershop, I don't have to do it as much today, but I will take every scene or sequence and, um, for the most part, film it in my head. And when I say film it, I walk around a room and and kind of go through it. Um, Sometimes I will use um, an actor or somebody um, to help me, but most of the time it's just me. And I go through the entire movie in that way. And that process, once I come back to the top again, um, I will then start to put visuals to it and you start to look at other movies. Um, and you're, you can print up. I mean, the great thing about it now is the internet it's shot deck, I you shot deck. And there's just so many, you know, um, websites where you can get the imagery and you start to put together, um, the film and you can do it with other films. Sometimes I, the best thing is when I can actually find other mediums to, um, bring, bring visuals to it, whether it be, I know with barbershop, it was Ernie Barnes. I did a lot of, you know, his paintings and stuff like that. Even, even, um, Norman Rockwell, you know, and just finding things. So you start to bring visuals to it and while you're doing the visual part of it, you're also, um, going into character, you know, you have to be sure that I was speaking before you have to be sure that each character is telling their story and whatever amount of time they're on screen or in the script, Uh, You want to be sure that they have a beginning, middle, and end, even if it's a waitress coming to the, uh, the table to, you know, or whatever, if it's a, a Uber driver, like you, you wanna, because not, you won't always be able to manifest that inside of the film, but it's good to know what it is and it's good to be prepared for that actor. So then there's, there's going through, as I talked before of, of going through the film, um, in the POV of each actor. I mean, each character. And then as you, and then of course, what's great about this, I, I used to have to do it so much on my own when I was, um, doing indie films, but what's great about this is that now you do have, other professional filmmakers that are helping you. So now you can sit down with a DP and discuss the visuals that you've talked about and sit down and watch movies with them. I, I have some DPs that I've used a lot and we can basically rattle off stuff to each other, but sometime we're going to sit in a theater and and watch films that we're going to kind of pull inspiration from. Um, and then of course, and that's the same with, with wardrobe, um, the costume designer, you know, them them telling you, you know, going over that kind of stuff, because you're telling you're always telling the story. You're what, what that character is wearing. What you know, it says it says everything about them, their their economic status, their, you know, um, how clean they believe they are. You're you're constantly telling the story with every with every single situation, the way they enter a scene or not, or the way they are, you know. So I'm constantly going through all of that. And what's great about it is when you have other professionals, whether it's an editor, even to be able to talk about talk, even though the editor doesn't really start until we start shooting material to discuss with him the, the style that you want. He he or she may tell you, um, well, be sure you get this. Be sure you get us. That be sure you so there's so that's so it's the the process I mean there's so many there's so many layers because then at some point you get into read throughs and then that's another very big important part, whether I will do a read through obviously with um the actors that are in the movie, but you know, especially with COVID and sometimes situations when you're dealing with bigger actors, you can't get everybody together. Sometime I'll just hire actors to sit in a room and read the script to me because then I can close my eyes and visualize it. So the process goes, I mean, it's, there's so many layers to it. I wish I had the time. I don't want to bore you guys with, with everything.
2: Well, you, 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 you've come full circle, man, with this barbershop. There was some irreverent that was in that, that was said in that movie went over a hundred million dollars. Rosa Parks did do nothing but sit her ass in the back of the bus. And Jesse Jackson, you know, what what did it say about Jesse? The party, uh, whatever. But it, it, it was, it was so irreverent. It was like, but you're, you're like a, you're like a glass of Long Island iced tea. You can drink about 10 of them and you just think, oh, this is tea. And then the (laughs) alcohol kicks in. And (laughs) and and, and that's how you are with your films, brother. You use comedy as a way of of of, that's the tea. That's the sweetness. But there's poignancy in in there. And I want to thank you. I, I'm your I friend, that. but I, I watch what you do, man. And I look up to you as a filmmaker and a bold storyteller. And I just want to thank you for being who, who you are, man. Thank you. I appreciate industry, that. I appreciate you know, and, and to me. And when we were in London, I told you when 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 you're doing when you're doing films abroad, they give you um, they give you the uh uh, cards where they put per diem on that. Right. And you're and you're so busy making the film that you you forget that you have this money that has accrued over to per diem. So we're two weeks before we're leaving out. I, I'm shooting Jingle Jangle over there. And I'm like, I'm like, well, they say you got 13,000 pounds on, on, you recruit on. I'm like, and they said, well, good, transfer it to my account. I said, no, you got to spend it. It's in London. And so now I got four days to spend $13,000. So I'm going all around town. And finally, I end up in a Louis Vuitton place in Selfridges. Oh, Lord. And I really wanted these shoes, but I didn't have enough money on my card. And so I was feeling bad. And as I was leaving there in London, I saw this hat. And I've been telling Tim that I've had this for him for three years. It said story, what? brother. Ah, so here very... I'm finally giving you yeah. this hat. I love that. There's the image of of this film of blackness and, and, and what is true blackness. And, and you have taught me all, always that uh, humanity is what rings true. But you never lose sight of your blackness in your humanity. I thank you for being you. I thank you for putting another beautiful piece of art out into the world. Tim Story, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America.